with my guest, uh, Niall McGowan. Hey. How are you doing? Hey, um, I'm ha- still unraveling this mystery, but like, we're getting closer to the bottom of it now. We're, we're unraveling it. And I, I think, you know, by the end of this, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be uh, covering uh, minute 158. Uh, and in this minute, a uh, lot, uh, lot of good stuff happening because uh, we... We realize that Marta is is the winner here because she didn't play uh, Ransom's game and was a good person. Uh, we we see Ransom be surprised hearing that Fran is alive. Uh, Marta gets a, a call from the hospital. Uh, Marta tells him that Fran is alive and is willing to give a statement. Um, the minute ends when, when Benoit says they'll, they'll take him in for questioning and Lakeith Stanfield is telling Ransom to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is... <laughs> minute that uh, plays into the, I think it became an immediate trope when smartphones became a thing, in that everybody in a movie has to have a cracked screen for their smartphone. Mm-hmm. It's every every I've I've never had a cracked smartphone screen. I don't not oh really not bragging in any way. It's just more like <laughs> I'm that poor. I was like, if I broke this, I'd be screwed. So I take like I stringently take care of the phone and stuff. But like yeah, I, I think as far as I remember smartphones appearing on big big screen movies and stuff it's always when someone's got a crack it just seems like oh as soon as you buy the things it's like they made a sugar glass or something (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've definitely done that but it's like i i like my old phone i i completely cracked but it was it was like very much a oh i fell on the on the sidewalk and it face planted right into uh, the the sidewalk, so it's like very very specific angles to break the screen very poorly. But um, but yeah, I mean here is kind of like a clear show how Marta is not necessarily in a financial position because she has this cracked screen and uh, and you have Chris Evans over here with his expensive burger phone, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, so. Like, you find out that, the, that, little, that he actually sold part of that phone the other day. It's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I got this phone I'm looking to get rid of. You take it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be like completely uh, look at like look at all the things he thought through. It's like, hey, I saw that you had a cracked phone. I just happened to buy this smartphone for no reason. <laughs> um, want my extra? It's like, no. But yeah. uh, I think that one of the things that, that there are two like kind of key points that I wanted to cover. Uh, when I was rewatching this minute, um, one was that I feel like uh, this is another acting showcase minute for um, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, and then also Anna Darmus mm. in general. They're all they're all doing a lot here, and they're all uh, you know doing some interesting interesting things um, because you're, you're having here you're having Marta um, answer this phone call and 
saying that everything's okay. Uh, but you have Chris Evans um, mostly doing, not saying very much, but kind of showing the mix of emotions that Ransom is feeling of being worried, and then, but also trying to see if he can kind of worm his way out of this situation. So you're like, there's a lot kind of going on with all of these main people, all the main characters in this one, which is uh, pretty fun. Yeah. And th- I don't know how, like, how much spoilery stuff we can get into, but like, this is the, this is a bit of a change of pace for Marta. Like, she's, she's had the catharsis of been able to tell Ransom that he's an asshole to his face. Mm-hmm. And now she's beginning to, she's beginning to play a game of herself here. Like, we don't know until mm-hmm. next week, mm-hmm. but like, she's actually playing the whole room at the minute like you know after the yeah. phone call mm-hmm. and it's uh yeah this is which a is, transformation of the character which is which is a fun thing to watch because you you start seeing like hints in the acting i think too mm. where where you're where she's 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 playing her own game too but at the same time you don't always know it because you're you're you trust marta it's there's just there's i feel like there's layers here in in all the acting choices um, especially for these main three in there, so it's it's it's, it's very fun to see. Yeah, the, um, it's, um, the thing is though, like knowing what we know that's coming later, that like she picks up this phone from and gets a call from the hospital, and they're telling her that Fran's actually dead, and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. Fran didn't make it, and her response is, "That's great news, doctor." <laughs> seeing the doctor who's like what are you doing are you like this complete heartless person it must be someone just like i guess this fran person must have been an asshole as well because he must have been the worst i don't know yeah i mean it's like you know good good on marta for thinking on her feet but like being the doctor on the other end of that phone being like what what yeah And, and do you like do you call back and be like hey actually i was uh I was doing my own thing. I was doing a thing. We're like catching a murderer, like, <laughs> like right at the moment you called. We were in the middle of this very, very, very tense discussion with the person who killed Fran. So I'm sorry, but you were actually been used as a pawn in a a an elaborate game to get this guy. An to elaborate the game. I mean, everything worked out except for the fact that Fran's dead. <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna imagine like the. Like the I don't know if it'd be. I don't know. I wouldn't think it'd be the doctor ringing. Maybe it'd be like hospital administrator or something like that. It'd be, but imagine them calling immediately back. But like, I, I realize you didn't like this person, but you know you gotta come get this body, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're okay. Like, you're saying this is great, but like, you still need to deal with this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, you know, still... or we can just throw her in the incinerator, incinerator out back. Like, it's <laughs> we. we You'd be surprised There's how many reactions we get of, oh, thank God, that they're finally dead. <laughs> yeah, we just need to know one way or another, like... Like, also, it was a very short call, too. So, did the doctor say, like, hey, FYI, Fran's dead. <laughs> and it's like, that's great news, bye. And you're like, <laughs> the weirdest, shortest... I don't know if that's how those calls would go. Like, hey, it's not much... Be like, it's not much... On Marta's side, either. It's just like, it really must have been just like, hello, are you so and so? Okay, so this person's dead. See ya. (laughs) Right, right. Like, it's so short, and it's like, you get that that's, you know, kind of the cinematic. You can't have there be this, like, long, uh huh, uh huh, yes, I'm I'm Marta, this is a thing, I'm hearing hearing news. But it's like, 
it's very, it, like, imagining that entire call is very much like, hi, you're Marta, yeah, Fran's dead. Mm. That's great news, bye. The, like, the only compromise I could think potentially is that, because Marta is such a polite, you know, just nice person, is that in order to successfully convey this, it might have been the phone was answered, they just sort of said, like, oh, are you the, are you the, you know, next of kin or loved one of the of the deceased mm-hmm. and she's gathered oh she's dead and then marta hangs up the phone mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know presses the button to, and then she goes and like oh that's great news and stuff like that because otherwise she knows it'd be rude to say to the person near the line oh it's great right. that, that person and dead. like and she can play this game but she's also like ultimately a nice person <laughs> so she doesn't want to be tell do you having this doctor be like oh i i feel really awkward right now mm. So I don't know too what that would add into what she's already having to repress is that like yeah because it's it's not like I guess it's not not right live she says like oh that's great news because I guess that's a matter of opinion or whatever but could, but that that could potentially make her wretch of saying oh that's great news to a, like to someone upon hearing of it I mean I guess it's live because she 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 seemed to get along just fine with Fran like didn't come across like they were the best of friends but they they worked well together and they yeah. chatted and stuff and although in Fran's know, death row is like she I know she was dying but like could have had a different facial expression where it didn't look like you did this like I know it was Hugh but at the same time it, was, it really looked like an accusational facial expression he it, it, it did but I, I, again it is the death throes and like you know, we we'd already we'd already re- revealed that she realized. Oh, she was saying that Hugh did this. So mm. you know, she she knew at that po- at the point that she answered the phone. So hopefully, she wouldn't be like, "Good, I am so glad about this news." Um. <laughs> well, also say too, like not to step on the toes of anyone doing next week's minutes. But one thing mm. I've slightly um, would have liked to have seen is that when uh, we do see Marta throw up eventually, and it's like mm-hmm. a very sort of cliched vomit of like, it looks like, you know, carrot chunks and random bits of right. Swedes or whatever. But the fact that Ransom deliberately, like, not force-fed her, but like, he set her up by like, I think he gets her to eat like sausages and beans or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should have been sausages and beans that she, as a kind of like his own plan been thrown back up in his face. That okay, that would have been really good. It's like I think this this is yeah, this is a definitely a later day than that, but at the same time, like I don't know, maybe she just really likes sausages and beans. <laughs> well, actually, how long has been? I guess if it's within like twenty four hours, maybe you can still. I I guess yeah, it depends on how much she throws up because she does throw up quite a bit. Yeah, because 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 like they have the chat and then like that's and then later the next day is when she gets them. The thing in the mail. Oh, okay. And then so they it's go been on the whole car chase and everything. So it has been a while, and it'd be very weird if it was like kind of undigested. But at the same time, it would be like it would be kind of uh, a little cathartic if it was like no a she likes she likes beans and sausages, but b uh, his plans are mm. failing it's, in his face. It's a nice little visual motif to be like literally his entire plan was <laughs> regurgitated yeah. back went back on him in the most visceral <laughs> visual manner that it possibly could. Speaking of uh, visual motifs, um, one of the other topics that we're talking about throughout this entire podcast um, is the cinematography. And I feel like, the, it, I, I was trying to figure out like what episode would be the best for this week to talk about that because uh, this is, I feel like the this focus is really more on the 
um, kind of plot untangling. So there's not a lot of like like showy cinematography moments. Um, but there's one uh, shot in particular in this minute where you see Ransom uh, and all three of uh, Benoit um, and then the two cops like kind of standing up behind him waiting to hear from Marta what happened to Fran. Um, it, it, I think it works really nicely for some of the shot composition. Um, and then also very visually having uh, Ransom basically surrounded by these detectives. Yeah. So that like he's he's basically being caught in this web and being caught in uh, kind of very visually as well. Mm. So I think it, it works really, really nicely. It, like in part to also show like, Hey, we we don't need to have a shot to sh- a different shot for all four of these people to react, but to get all four of them in the shot. But also, like he's clearly surrounded by these three, three detectives, and they're all standing around him, and he's sitting down. So I think it, like, it's a very nice kind of like economy of storytelling to yeah. get like visually he's getting caught up, like he's uh, ransom's being caught, but also it's you know good for the storytelling of the movie. Mm. I should, because now we do get a shot, uh, I think it's the first of this week, where we actually get seeing the Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Trooper Wagner. Um, it was a great name. Like, I know it's the title, but like Trooper... I know, all the names are so good in this movie. <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's something that's going to be talked about for, like that's talked about with all the other minutes this uh, for this podcast, and, and we're not like the first ones to say it, but like all the names, like Benoit Blanc and... Ransom and mm. Trooper Wagner, especially the way that Benoit says Trooper Wagner. <laughs> it's so good. I think that's one of my favorite moments of the whole movie, though, is like, I'm going to lay out who the, the, the true villain behind this is. Trooper Wagner. Trooper Troop- Wagner. <laughs> Trooper Wagner. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> oh, man, there's so many, like, good little comedy moments in here, and that was, that was, that, um, yeah, like, I watched it again last night, and I've seen this multiple times before. But it still made me laugh when he's like, when she's like Trooper Wagner. Should also say sure. as well, actually, um, Trooper Wagner played by Noah Segan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Segan was in a movie called The Mind's Eye with an actress called mm-hmm. uh, Lauren Ashley Carter, and she's one of our regular guests on Batman. So uh, we've actually got oh, a little exciting. little degree of separation here from uh, from Knives Out. Yeah, seriously. But um, he's a guy that I always remembered him because he and he started off. Um, he's in Brick. Uh, as well, mm-hmm. he's a Ryan Johnson yeah, guy, and every time he shows yeah, up, yeah, he's one of those people that uh, shows up in every every Ryan Johnson thing. Yeah, um, I remember remembering like in and, the Last Jedi, I'm like, oh, there's oh, no secret, you know, it pays to know Ryan Johnson. You could be in a Star Wars movie if you just hang out with this guy long <laughs> enough. Right. I mean, that's that's the whole like him and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt are in every uh, Ryan Johnson thing because he's he's just a. a Joseph Gordon-Levitt's just like a voice cameo in this, but mm. he still has a, a voice cameo, and so I remember though. Know. Did you see uh, the Brothers Bloom? Like the no, I didn't, and that's that's the one Ryan Johnson I haven't seen. It's it's you know, I I really liked it when it came out, but I think I rewatched it this year, and I wasn't as impressed mm-hmm. with it. I thought it's like because I love the guy's work generally, but this was a bit like. Yeah, it's that sort of dicey second movie thing where he's getting a little bit too cutesy with things, and it's a bit like it's a bit too Wes Anderson. It's it's I love Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. but he's, it's like him trying to do Wes Anderson. Uh, yeah, and I and I wonder like that one's also like kind of 
like like a crime kind of movie, right? Yeah, um, it's from actually what a, I understand in very similar ways. Like I think it might be a little motif he has, where it's like in Brick. There's a whole scene at the end where right. Joseph Goldblum has to lay out at like the entire plan. It's like it was Nora's a Hetner the whole time. Blah, blah, blah. And in Brothers Bloom, there's a very lengthy <laughs> expositional scene at the end of like this is exactly what's been happening in the whole movie. Right, but I was kind of wondering if that was like kind of you know not 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 to say that those weren't like impressive movies but like brick and brothers bloom put together is kind of a like proto knives out in a way of Mm. kind of figuring out how to tell that mystery but also have that kind of figure out the tone as well because i mean brick is obviously extremely different tone but you know have that just kind of figuring all of those things out together with some of those earlier movies that i'm making something like knives out as like kind of culmination Mm. I think that the, some of that earlier work. The other thing is that in Joseph Gordon-Levitt does have a cameo in Brothers Bloom, but it's very, very distracting because it's like <laughs> it's in one of the first scenes. This is a nightclub, and the camera's panning across, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's just standing there, and you're just like, "That's oh, funny." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt." So, and then, oh, so he figured out how to do the Joseph Gordon-Levitt cameos like a little bit, like more, more subtly for Knives Out and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So. And the thing is, then the, the immediate scene afterwards is like. Uh, they're talking to like a like a, like a mall in a in a nightclub, and it's Norza Hetner from Brick, and you're like, that's those Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that's the that's the girl from Brick as well. <laughs> it's like I kind of now just want to watch Brick again. Now you just show me these people because I remember how good a movie. I mean, that was. Uh, <laughs> honestly, that's not a bad thing. I mean, like it, it's not great though if if you're uh, like if your m- next movie is reminding everybody, hey, you should... Mm. I, I'd, I'd like to rewatch uh, Brick because that's a that's a good movie. Mm. <laughs> I will say Brothers Bloom actually does have one really good thing that's in it is uh, Rinko Kikuchi. Uh, mm-hmm, and she... Mm-hmm. Her character... She, she's great. She's like a silent assassin in it. Uh, well, mm. it's an assassin. She's a, like assistant to Mark Ruffalo, basically. And she is... A, her mm. character is great. Like every scene she's in, every shot she's in, it's like, oh, yeah, I love her. Like if you just had a movie about her, I would, watch, I would enjoy that much more than The Brothers Bloom. But um, but just for that reason, I would be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And you, by all means, go and watch the, that movie. But with, uh, with that movie, that's all about her just, just be, in its essence, Pacific Rim. Even though they're completely <laughs> different movies. But she's much more of like a really... <laughs> mysterious badass in Brothers Bloom. Mm. Like, you don't really know... Her name's Bam Bam, and you don't know where she comes from, or... They even mention, like, oh, how did you find Bam Bam? It's like, I didn't find her. She just showed up one day. She just was just sitting, and then she's just sitting in my living room, and then she just became my assistant. And and then eventually, she just disappears, and they're like, what happened to Bam Bam? Don't know. She just <laughs> she just know. comes and goes, <laughs> and she pleases and stuff. Um, I think there's a whole... There's a, there's a good joke in it where, like, even Mark Ruffalo doesn't have her phone number. Like, she's his assistant, but she's like, I have no idea how to get in contact with Bam Bam. She just comes when she needs to. And then, because uh, it's all about Adrian Brody falling in love with Rachel Weiss, And then at the end, mm-hmm. um, Rachel Weiss mentions like, oh yeah, Bam Bam. It's like, how are you going to contact her? Like, oh, she gave me her phone number. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she gave you her phone number. <laughs> but she didn't give these two guys she's known for like 30 odd years her number ever. But she's known you two seconds. She's give you her damn number and stuff. But, uh, now I'm kind of selling myself in the Brothers Bloom. <laughs> going back on it. I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't. Now I'm like... You know, like I said, I'm, re- I'm recording this week earlier, so maybe in like a, a future in a future week that I record, but earlier in the chronology of these being released, I'll, I'll have seen Brothers Bloom. Yeah. So. But, uh, but, um, but again, yeah, so it just happened to see Noah Segan. It's like, oh, I know, I know a person who knows who has worked with this guy. So like, uh, oh, that's that's fun. And then the, the weird thing too is that um, 
you can kind of tell visually, but I think because Lakeith Stansfield, he he has kind of an old soul about him. He seems like an experienced guy. He's about like 26, 27 in this scene. And Noah Segan's mm. about, like, he's mid to late 30s in this scene. It seems as if... Oh, interesting. It's, it's you, 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 like, from their kind of dynamic in the movie, you'd kind of reverse that. Oh, yeah, you, like, you'd assume of... Stansfield's the, the seasoned... He's the Morgan Freeman, and Noah Segan's the he, Brad Pitt. The season, yeah. yeah, he's like the seasoned detective, and Noah Segan is the, oh, I'm a big fan of uh, Harlan Thrombey, you know, everything. Uh, but it's like, but that is interesting, because... Uh, you know that that there's that age disparity because they they do have that kind of of the opposite uh, uh, dynamic in the movie. Mm. So it's that's the but man, Lakeith Stanfield is so good though. Oh, he's fantastic. Like, he's really he's um I don't think I've seen him in anything bad. Like <laughs> I think every time he's in a movie, he's like oh yeah. that's, that's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be quality then. Because uh, I mean I think I first saw him would be Short Term Twelve. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a freaking phenomenal movie. Like that's a real, and every single person in it now. It's like you watched a couple of years ago, and like, oh, everyone here's a great actor. In it is famous now. Yeah. And every single person is like, oh, that's Stephanie Beatrice, and there's oh, that's freaking freaking Freddie Mercury guy, and there's Brie Larson, and there's freaking oh, it's Caitlyn Dever. She's a big star now. Like, oh my god, everybody. As if they it's just went kind there. of yeah. It's so it's so funny those movies that have people that like everybody in it blows up. Mm. It's it's. Uh, like we were, we were talking a bit earlier uh, um, about I don't know if we were talking about it on the podcast so sorry if this makes for bad for listening but about like Zoom reunions which are really going on right now mm. um, and uh, I watched the um, Wet Hot American Summer Zoom reunion for um, for the uh, that that was raising money for uh, Joe Biden's campaign and I was like watch rewatching Wet Hot American Summer you're like everybody in this movie blew up in <laughs> in very weird ways and it's it's kind of fun mm. i think i saw a little bit of the uh the scott pilgrim one but i was always kind of oh yeah, yeah. i was just wondering like i wonder if any of the actors are completely are they really tempted to do a completely different version of the character like they come in and be like i, I know i you've seen allison pill's version of kim pine from 2010 <laughs> but here's a completely this different is- rendition she's gonna do now a completely different interpretation. It was like, oh, I'm playing around with it. What do you want from me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, you know, if, if you're doing a another version, you know, you might as well do something different. Mm. Do you have anything else that you like to uh, talk about with uh, with regards to this particular minute? Or? <laughs> I keep, I think, did we talk all, uh, about this minute? We didn't talk about this minute. <laughs> we talked about some of the cinematography. We talked about some of the acting. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I don't think I think I've said I think I've said my piece about uh, this minute though. Yeah, it's like I mean it's a pretty I feel like it's a pretty standard minute, but I feel like there's just a lot of good stuff going on within terms of the acting. And, mm. and, and it's 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 with, the it's the curse you get sometimes with movies by minutes is that you can have a great scene, but minute by minute it's just like yeah, this is all just working really well. You're not it's continuing right. the flow of a well. That's the thing is that this entire um, week that we're talking about these minutes, it's it's all really the thing where the um, where ransom plan ransom's plan is unraveling. Mm. And it's like yeah, it's all really good. <laughs> they're all doing they're all doing good with acting. They're all all of the things are good, and but it's kind of like you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to say a little bit more than that. I think for some of the some of the minutes. Mm. Um, 
In no way being derisive though of Knives Out. Like this is like, everything's everything's great. You know, it's just that. Um, oh yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like how many times and how many ways can you say that was great? Mm. Good well, job. <laughs> well, the, well, the one thing I will actually mention, like, um, is that you do see this painting in the background behind. Mm-hmm. I'm sure probably maybe other people have talked about it in different weeks. I I could not find what this painting is. I'm sure maybe there, mm. you know, people will be able to track it. I'm I'm assuming it's a famous piece. Like it's or it's not it's not famous. It's a, it wasn't made for the movie because I was just trying to figure out what is happening. It looks like it's like a, a chest that's been opened, and it, I mm. guess it could be like this is all the secrets spilling out. So it's supposed to be symbolic of like well everything's revealed. Yeah, now. it works thematically, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I I would love to see. Somebody just go through all of the set decorations for this house because uh, the the shot near the beginning of the movie, which I'm sure people have already talked about a lot, uh, is where they show all of the stuff in this mansion and all the like ch- kind of tchotchkes and various things that are hanging up in in this house. Are it's, it, there's just I, I feel like a lot of they they did a good job of making it feel like there's this storied history there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was always very like, envious of uh, Harlan's the the room he he dies in. So it just looks like like a really yeah. cozy, oh, nice little room. It's like I'd love that. It looks like that would be so fun to sit in. Yeah, like, that's yeah. like that's a nice room. Yeah, like, I can insist no, why he I mean, plays like, like uh, I would insist on playing the game there every night. It's like oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> such a nice place to hang out. Yeah, and it's somebody that like I when it comes to decorating my my place, I am like the opposite of minimalist. So I'm like, this is what I would go for in a house is like all these like weird tchotchkes and things mm. kind of hanging around. Like, oh, I like the like the, the big set piece of the movie is the is the is the giant sculpture of knives. And I'm like, I, I like if I was a murder mystery writer, I would do the same. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, I'm sure people again, uh, people probably have talked about like exactly what that chair is all about. But like, I just wonder, was, was it like, um. You know, was it that was the artwork for the cover of one of his books? Maybe his first book. And he's like, oh, I've had this made in commemoration of that. Or was it something that was set up for a publicity thing? And he's like, I really like this. I'm going to take this home. Or, yeah. Like, where where the hell did that chair come from? Like, it's it's such a great yeah. idea to have that. But it's like, I don't... yeah, it's like it's such a visually cool thing. But it's like, yeah, it's not exactly practical um, to have sitting around in a house, well, especially is... since, yeah. I was just going to say, because it's just like, the thing is, I first thought, I just always thought, like, at the beginning of the movie, it's like, oh, it's just a visual motif to have. Oh, there's all mm-hmm. the knives pointing at one person. Blah, blah, blah. And then they've actually found, like, no, the, the, the script's that tight. But, like, no, that chair even serves a purpose at the end. It actually is leading up to something. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's, like it is. Oh. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's a vital piece of the puzzle, but it's also, you know, a very cool visual motif as well. So it's, I think that's one of the things that I, that I like so much about this movie is I feel like, it does a lot of that really well where there's like, here's a really cool aspect of the thing visually or very cool aspect of it in some other way. But then it also kind of comes back and fits mm. with the, with the rest of it. Or here's kind of a, a, a joke and it com- comes back. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. I, I feel like, I feel like that's my thesis of this movie. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had this, so, uh, we did for like a Patreon episode recently. We, um, yeah. looked at Joel Schumacher's falling down. And uh, was surprised at like how well it stands up because we were like this is probably gonna be like a oh, white white middle middle 
you know, class man problems. And it's like, no, it's got much more going. But the thing is, the real appreciation of it, analyzing it in detail, is like, holy crap, this script is tight. Like, every single thing is just like, every line means something. Everything's leading to something else. It's like, this is, it's always, you just can't help but be like, want to shake the hand of the person who wrote these things when you know something like, oh, that was leading to that. And this was, uh, ties into this as well. It's like, oh, it's so well-crafted. So... I know because yeah. Ryan Johnson got a lot of flack from a lot of people after Last Jedi for various, various reasons. And, uh, you know, if you existed on the internet in 2018, you probably noticed it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big active Star Wars fan, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very well aware. <laughs> but it's just the fact, though, like, that I think even then when Isaac, all the critics of him... It, for Star Wars, kind of didn't mention Knives Out because it's just like, well, look, look, you can criticize that movie because it wasn't what you wanted it to be, but like the yeah. guy knows what he's doing. He didn't make the Last well, Jedi I mean, by accident. I... <laughs> like it was so... a calculated thing. But everything in it was like, oh, the guy knows how to write a script. He just didn't write the script yeah, that you wanted I... him to write. <laughs> I think that yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big Last Jedi fan, but I feel like I've spoken with enough people. Like I've spoken with a lot of people who don't like the Last Jedi and. I, I, everybody who mentions Knives Out, they're like, well, Knives Out is obviously fantastic. Mm. But, like, <laughs> The Last Jedi is... They're, they're like, but The Last Jedi is terrible. And I'm like, it's it's interesting how you can... Uh... Oh, the, 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 thing, the, the same pe- the people never... When they were always lambasting them, too, it was ever like, well, remember Looper? Ah, I'm not talking yeah. about Looper. Like, so well, that, well, this is kind of interesting because uh, well. our, our daily question for uh, this day is uh, talking about the other films of Ryan Johnson, which I feel like we've all we've been doing kind of in uh oh uh you know <laughs> throughout this entire thing but let's just do a quick rundown of our feelings of uh ryan johnson films so but because we, we've already um we've already talked about them mm. so we don't really necessarily need to go into too much detail um but uh brick is i think it's fantastic um very good um mm-hmm. talked about brothers brick i rewatched brick recently i said i really i've loved it for you know since mm-hmm. it came out I think the last time I watched it, though, I did notice it as being like it felt a little, um, it felt a little young guy's debut. Right. Movie I mean, it feels like a noticeably thing. first film, but I don't think it necessarily yeah. a bad way. But it's like in a, this is clearly a first film in a on a lower budget, you know. Mm. Yeah, but no, it, it's just got a real like it's kind of want to say like kind of cute. Oh in the way yeah, it's yeah. like oh yeah, they just. People like these high school students dealing with high school problems, but they're talking like they're from like the 1940s. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I never minded it for years, but there was only this recent rewatch. I was like, yeah, it's a bit like, but at the same time, it's just the style of the movie. So I was like, well, you get past that, then you're, you know, it's like watching like the Gilmore Girls yeah. or something. Like, well, nobody talks like that really, but right, we're we're like nobody talks like this, but at the same time, that's kind of the mm. kind of the point. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brothers Bloom, I I I need I will see it probably before I record the next one because it's it's the mm. one I haven't seen. Uh, Looper, I think is like yeah, that that's so weird that everybody was doing that like oh you know Looper because I I, I remember when it came out I was like I thought it was it was really good. I haven't I haven't rewatched it since I saw it in theater, so it's I think yeah it's I, been I, a while, I saw it. But, I remember really um, liking it, and I only ever watched it once. Yeah, I think it's quite because it's like a good solid two yeah. hours. It's like a pretty big undertaking. It's like well. You're gonna be there for a while if you sit down to the looper. It's like it's a lot to take in. So it is a lot to take in, but I, I think it's like it's a solid um, two hours. But it's also like a good original science fiction movie, which I, I know that I appreciate personally. So mm. uh, 
I think I think it's quite good. Um, Last Jedi, I I love Last Jedi so much. It is up there among my favorite Star Wars. Um, and I'm I'm a big Star Wars person, mm. so see, I, uh, I, was, I was weirdly. That was actually indifferent to the last Jedi. So it was one of those things. Mm, like, interesting. The, the the reactions on the internet was so polarized. I am of the I like th- uh, last Jedi. We can put it up there with Empire Strikes Back in terms of Star Wars quality. But uh, but well, that, that, that's the thing. Like my co-host in Batman, John. Like he's um, like like I'm a big Star Wars person. He's more so than me. And jo- like when John watched it, it was just like that. That's the greatest Star Wars movie they've ever made. And I was sort of baffled because i watched it i was like it was okay. well, that's, that's like, interesting it was... though because i feel like i don't really hear that opinion very often so i'm i'm it's interesting i think that yeah whereas i'm, I'm the person who sits around thinking i'm like oh the last jedi is so good but you know it's very a lot of the things <laughs> in it was, i was just like I, I appreciate what they're doing it's like oh i didn't see i didn't see that snoke twist coming and like i was like, i kind of want to see was it more of Ray and stuff. It just, at the end, I felt like it was just like, yeah, it was fine. Like it just did what it was supposed. To. Like I, I liked the confrontation at the end between Kylo and Luke. Cause I thought like, yeah, it just makes sense that of course he's you know he wouldn't just magically show up and then he's just like, oh, I'm here to take down the entire. Force. Like they had a little twist on it, much like you know twists in every Brian Johnson movie, and like elements of it, I was like, oh, it was, yeah, it's really really good in theory. I don't know. It was, at the end of it though, I was just sort of like. I was able, I don't know. It's just quite quite strange because people were so passionate about it mm, mm-hmm. that I was like, as a Star Wars fan, maybe because I was just like, oh, I'd live through those prequels. So I'm like, <laughs> That's I'm, you know, if it's not the greatest movie ever, it doesn't mean anything to me now. So I was able to walk away with it and been like, yeah, it's oh, fine. see, it's see that's, that's interesting. Is because I like I feel like I had the oh, I live through the prequels, um, like anxiety and tension with Force Awakens. So then when Force Awakens was like was a good movie, but it wasn't like necessarily you know, mind-blowingly original or interesting. I was like, I was like, that was good. I'm glad that Star Wars is good again. And then I saw uh, Rogue One, which I really loved, and then Last Jedi, and I was like, this is it. Um, so. <laughs> I was glad to see, though, there was a... The, the internet did unite with uh, Rise of Skywalker, because oh, even if, no matter what you thought of Last Jedi, everybody <laughs> it, That was such Rise an interesting thing, where it's like... <laughs> there were they, it were a lot of uh, Rise of Skywalker feels like oh we're going to capitulate to fans who didn't like the Last Jedi and then those people are like no it's still bad <laughs> like it's like it's like that didn't even work it's it's it was very interesting I think it's a I, I, I felt really weird I saw that saw Rise of Skywalker and it was between two people. Uh, as soon as the credits hit, one of them turned to me. It's like she was just like, "That was amazing," oh. and I was just like, oh. "Oh!" And then I turned to my other friend, and she was just like, "That was fucking terrible." <laughs> I was like, oh, oh see, God. I was like, I was sitting there like watching the movie, and I think I audibly groaned when they revealed that Ray was a Palpatine. <laughs> like I, I think I audibly was just like, "Oh," <laughs> you know. So, as, as trying to be as like non uh, confrontational with the rest of the audience there, but I, was, I think I was already like, "Oh God." The thing is, as well, as indifferent as I was to Last Jedi, in retrospect, now I'm like, well, at least it had a point. Mm-hmm. It had a, it was making a point. It had a, it had an idea. And it's like, here we're doing something. We're talking about, you know, the, 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 you know, de mytho, you know, taking the mythology down a little bit and uh, demystifying your heroes. And you know, the, the, it had like an actual 
succinct point to make that it, you know, and a lot of people just didn't like that point basically. Yeah. And the thing is, Rise of Skywalker is like, well, what's the point of this? Oh, we had to make another movie. We had to finish the. We had three we, years to get another one. We out. needed to crank so. out the end of this. Uh, the end of this. Although, the thing that just makes me so sad about it is, uh, I was actually I went I went to um, Star Wars Celebration where they showed the first um, the first teaser of it, and they I, w- I was like standing in the, this giant crowd of like people who couldn't get into the panel or the overflow panel where they're showing it basically. Um, and just like the amount of hype was so like contagious and it was so fun. And then I saw the movie and I was just like, was that for nothing? (laughs) 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 I'm like, I I stood on my feet for like hours to wait and see this teaser. And I I loved the teaser because the teaser was genuinely really good, I think. And, Hmm. and and then for what? (laughs) And even then, it's just like every decision they make, and it's like Last Jedi. It's like okay, so Ray's nobody. That's a good idea because then, well, what's the point of that? It's like well, it just shows you that you don't have to be from a yeah. special lineage. You don't have to be like Ransom and have an ancestral birthright <laughs> oh, or anything like oh, that. Oh, thank you for tying it to this movie and also what we're going to be talking about next minute. Yeah, but <laughs> then they have like oh, so yeah, that's that's a good idea. It's like yeah, you don't have to be special to be special. You have you just have yeah. to you know you, anyone can be a hero. And then Rise of Skywalker is like, you're a Palpatine. Why? What's the point of that? Oh it's twists. We just needed a twist. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I feel like there's also, you know, an interesting to, you know, to maybe like wrap this up so that we, this doesn't become a Star Wars podcast because I could talk <laughs> about, I could literally talk about Star Wars for hours and hours and hours and not be tired about it. Um, but I feel like there could be an interesting, like, you know, avoiding like your history or, or of, of, you know, like you, just because you come from, this family doesn't necessarily mean that's what you have to be. And I feel like it didn't really do that either. Mm. It just kind of was like, this is a twist that we're going to throw in here. Yeah. And like, I didn't want that twist. Nobody wanted that twist. That, that's a, that's was... a thing, though. It's, it's in so many things. I never quite get as a... It's like, oh, we find out, like, oh, this person was your brother. And it's like, it's such an yeah. earth-shattering thing. It's just like, well, just because you're related to them doesn't mean that it has to affect you and your own personality in any way no. like it just means like oh that yeah. person it just happens means to be like, oh, that's, that's weird like i mean and also like if you look at it on a macro level like everybody's related to somebody horrible like mm. at, at some point i mean they've got to be so it's like you know i, I mean it's, it's something that you can grapple with but also it's like that's that's a very a, a twist that doesn't always work but also but also i love like found family narratives so it's mm. kind of like I'm already like, oh, you don't need your family to be great because you can find your family. Yeah, 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 so 100%. Uh, we'll, we'll also say, though, one person I know who does despise The Last Jedi constantly mm-hmm. harps on about uh, one one season wonder Terriers uh, as mm. one of his favorite TV shows. I was like, hey, you know who directed an episode of Terriers? <laughs> Ryan Johnson. And he's Ryan always just Johnson. like, it oh, doesn't count. That was just one cog of a big machine. It doesn't count. <laughs> it's like, Oh, people, what? oh, yeah, people do that with Ryan Johnson where they're like, oh, he's not great. And then it's like, Hey, weren't you the one who was talking about Breaking Bad and uh, mm. guess what's that episode that everyone time? really, really loved? You know, you know, who directed that that one episode that everybody thought was amazing. It was Ryan. Just, they're like, whoa, 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 no, no, it doesn't count. And you're like, okay. But Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, um, so unless we have anything else to talk about with regards to Knives Out, uh, I think that this will be the end of this episode. <laughs> 
I have to say, congratulations to us in that, like, I didn't really have any notes for this minute, and this is the longest episode, so... Oh, yeah, but like, I think that you mentioned it earlier, that, like, we didn't talk that much about this minute, and no. this is... <laughs> I mean, other than it was good, but, um... So, do you have anything uh, to plug? Uh, no, just the same, same old, same old. Uh, Bat minutes. Uh, actually, if you go uh, on Bat minute, because we do tend to episodes do tend to run long, and uh, we always have little bonus episodes between our main uh, shows when we post those. And most of those bonus bonus episodes are conversations about Star Wars half the time. <laughs> so, I guess that ties in because me and my co-host John will inevitably start talking about Star Wars at some point. I mean, point honestly, it's a it's a fun thing. So, I. I don't blame you for that. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for today. So uh, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. 